0: Let's get ready to rumble! <laughs> Hello to our dopest of dope villages. Ah, oh, we've missed you. We hope you're all well. We're back. Well, almost October 21st. Mark your calendars. But first, to recognize the best of season three, welcome to our award show, the season three Dopies. Cue the crowd noise, Len. I'm Julie Foudy, and here, as always, is Lynn Olzawi. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Julie. So, as I mentioned, we are on the brink of of launching season four, which we are completely stoked about. That's my surfer lingo, Lynn. Nice. Um, Stoked, bruh. And it's with, we're launching with Natalie Portman, as in Academy Award-winning actress, producer, director, author, activist, Natalie Portman. Boom. Uh, She will be out for our first episode on October 21st.
1: But of course, as we like to do before we start a new season, we'd like to take a look back at the previous one and give out some awards.
0: So get comfortable listening. Welcome to the Season 3 Dopeys. Kick back,
2: relax, and unwind. Let's have a good time. All
0: right, Lynn, let's do this. Cue our only other sound effect, please. The first dopey goes to World Cup champion Ashlyn Harris she gets the phone a friend award for when Ashlyn brilliantly, I might add, asked to phone a friend during Lynn's game. And this was a first, this was a laughter permitted game
1: first, quite a strategic move on Ashlyn's part as you'll hear. And for those keeping score at home who pay close attention to the game segment, which a lot of people say is their favorite part of the entire episode. Often. Just because it's yours, Lynn. Okay. (laughs) We have the Christine Lilly Amendment to the game, the Julie Ertz Amendment, and now we're going to dub this the Ashlyn Harris Rule to the game.
0: (laughs) The Ashlyn Harris Phone a Friend Rule has now been officially added.
1: Number five, Rachel, (laughs) Lindsay, and Brian... Abbasolo got married in 2019.
0: Oh, Come on, Lynn. What
1: reality show did they meet on? Oh, I'm so A done. The Bachelor, B, The Bachelorette, or C, Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, I'm just gonna say C, Bachelor in Paradise. So in- Ashley doesn't win. Incorrect. Oh. So uh. either A, The Bachelor, or B, The Bachelorette.
3: What was his name again?
4: Our girls are gonna be so disappointed. Rachel I,
1: Lindsay I and Brian. Call a friend, Kelly
2: O'Hara.
4: Abba O'Hare. Solo. <laughs> <laughs> She <laughs> bachelor's. Go ahead. It's so it's all of our young girls watch it.
2: Wait,
0: can I call a friend? Quick. Let me call. Oh, okay. 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 Phone a friend. We've never had this. Okay. Never These in are actually the one there. Can you phone a Put friend? Put her on
5: speaker. Put her on speaker. Kay. Who is it, Kelly? Yeah. Yes. This is my phone a friend, so you guys can't take my answer. <laughs> the Ashlyn Harris. But we need the woman. question. Right?
2: Yeah. She better. <gasps> Thank God you picked up. I'm on a podcast. I'm calling a friend for an answer. Are you ready?
0: That you're on a podcast? Yeah, Julie's. Hi, Kel! Oh, wow.
2: Okay, ready? has been on okay, it. Okay, listen, because I need this answer to win. Okay, <laughs> ready? Smart person question? Bachelor or Bachelorette question, so I knew you would know oh, it. Okay, okay ready? <laughs> listen.
1: The game is about newlyweds in 2019. So, Rachel Lindsay and Brian Absolo got married in 2019. What reality show did they meet on? Is it either A, The Bachelor, or B, The Bachelorette? The Bachelorette. The Bachelorette.
5: <laughs> <Curry>. <laughs> oh,
2: that's yeah. That's just. Thanks, Jess. you, didn't Make fun of me for watching. I know. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I ever made fun of you for watching that terrible television show. Okay, love, love you. Bye.
0: You know, I really think season four is when I start turning up the heat <laughs> with my gamage. <laughs> I'm gonna start winning in season four, Lynn
1: well it's getting to the point where i'm rooting for you as we've talked about previously i always root for the guests but now i'm a big fan of cheering for underdogs so i'm with you i believe in you extract those lessons i don't know if you can watch some game film listen to previous episodes
0: wait this is new for you because usually you're like i get really uncomfortable julie when you try so hard to win So now you're rooting for me to win? No, it was never that. It was how you celebrated. And you know what? And I'm going to make you uncomfortable even more in season four because I am going to celebrate those wins. You do you, Jules. All right. The next dopey goes to Olympic cross-country skiers Keegan Randall and Jesse Diggins. They get the When You Win the Olympics and You Don't Even Know It (laughs) Award.
1: This was a fun moment during the episode when Keegan and Jesse basically relived winning gold together. They won the women's team sprint at the 2018 Winter Olympics, becoming the first Americans to ever win gold in cross-country
2: skiing. It was like, oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, we didn't just get a medal. Like, we just we just got the gold. And I was so unprepared that I let out the most ugly, awkward scream. And I ran over and I tackled Jessie after she had just done this amazing effort. And uh, she still had enough breath to say, did we just win the Olympics? <laughs>
5: Oh, that's precious. And we hey, just, we had did this, we win? We just I, this, uh, I was confused because I didn't know who you were by your scream. I never like heard that. Yeah, heard that. It was really cool. <laughs> it was this like primal yell. Yes, <laughs> I mean it was the was. coolest sound ever because Keegan, so professional, let the deepest emotion go, and it was such a beautiful, cool thing. I, I was, yeah, it was really amazing.
1: What does that feel like in your body at that moment? Just like,
5: you don't, you feel weightless, euphoria. Um, I was nearly blacked out because I had gone, as Keegan had said, I, well, I knew I was up against, like Keegan was up against the two best distance skiers in the world. And I was up against the two best sprinters in the world who had already won medals that week and sprint events at the Olympics. So my plan was to try to tire them out because I knew as an all rounder, that was our only shot to really stay in the medals because I did not want it to come down to a pure sprint. Um, so in lap two, I had started to push the pace and then lap three, it was just all out everything he had. And so by the time I, you know, I like my vision was like narrowing down, like oh. I the crowd tuned down. I didn't hear things. I didn't see things. It was just like every single part of my being was focused on getting to that line and, and letting, those movements that you've practiced over and over and over just take over. Um and I think they you might call it like being in the zone or being in the flow state, but whatever it was, it was just like not overthinking it and just like letting that focus happen. But by the time I crossed the line, you know, all that sort of pain and discomfort that comes with endurance sports, um I've been pushing it off and it just came flooding back in. And so I was in a lot of pain. I was pretty out of it, clearly, because I didn't really recognize who Keegan was. It took a <laughs> second. Um, so I, and I was in disbelief. Like I, I knew we had won, like cognitively, I knew like, okay, we had won, but it didn't, it felt like we had won just like a race. It didn't sink in that we had won the Olympics and, and like what that would mean to me to Keegan to our families who were all in the stands like going nuts to our team like to everyone like it didn't really sink in until we got up off the snow and saw our whole team there right next to the finish line and they they were all out there and coaches were like some of them were on their knees just like sobbing with like tears coming down and you know we had never seen that kind of display of emotion before and to see what it really meant to everyone that to me was like the moment that I realized like, oh my God, like, what have we just done? This is crazy.
0: So we all know it's important to stay hydrated and I've become really good at that in quarantine with coffee and Moscow mules, <laughs> but no guest did that better in this season three. <laughs> I, re- I remember specifically as we were Zoom calling going, my God, Maggie, lay back off that water. This is USA water polo stud and team captain Maggie Steffens. I mean, she was pounding her water the entire episode, and it was a long episode.
1: So during the episode we did with Maggie and her teammate Ashley Johnson, we saw Maggie drink what seemed like 60-ish ounces of water to the point where we had <laughs> another first on the show. This was our first ever bathroom break.
0: Yeah, and it was clear we have another similarity, Maggie and I. One, we're both great water polo players. Uh, <laughs> two, we both have small bladders. Uh, so I was like, I can't make it through this episode. I got to get up and use the restroom. And she's like, really, can we? Thank God. And while away, Lynn, you learned something new, as everyone is about to hear. Yeah, my mind was blown. <laughs> I'm thrilled to present Ashley and Maggie with the Clearly, Lynn has never peed in a pool award. Do you want to go to the bathroom? Because I need to follow up on that. You can't say that and then I can't follow up on what did you lose, right? Like, we have yeah. to talk about that real quick. So okay. let's go pee real quick. Do we, is that okay? Are we actually,
2: can we really do you that? You for yeah, sure yeah.
0: both need to go have a bathroom. Actually, <laughs> are you I okay can't, with that? I can't, I can't go any longer. I literally, there.
2: I pee like yeah. eight yeah. times in practice. Yeah. It's absurd. Yeah. Okay, quick break. That's why you're in the pool.
6: I know, she pees in the pool. <laughs> Lynn, have you been?
1: Does she really?
6: <laughs> yeah, everyone does. That's really? <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? We can't, we're like constantly hydrating. We can't get out every time we need to pee.
1: Hang on. I think we might leave this portion in because you're <laughs> telling me water polo players pee in the pool on a regular yeah, basis. Yeah, and swimmers
6: too. For sure. No shame. No shame. What about during a game? We're in the pool for three and a- three hours
1: what about during a game
6: uh I'm not really that aware of whether I'm peeing or not (laughs) I I'm not peeing during games probably not
1: I would imagine it's (laughs) probably happened at one time or another
6: yeah probably throughout the 18 years I've been playing it's happened one or two times
1: (laughs) oh my well just in general every day in
6: practice what's that every day in practice
0: Okay. Did I beat her back? Oh, I win. I win the pee competition.
6: You made it back. Julie. First, but you missed something while really you were important. gone.
1: What? Oh, did we just break something wide open? Oh,
6: stop it. What? I told Lynn that we always pee in the water. Yeah.
0: That's what I was oh. saying when she said, I have to pee five times. I'm like, well, good thing. Did you hear me when I left? I'm like, good thing you're in the pool. Yeah. I, know, and I thought that was just a joke.
6: No, (laughs) a little bit of truth to every joke.
1: I mean, for the record, I'm sure I've peed in the pool along the way. Like when I was a little kid, it's been a while since I've gone swimming, but in any event, I'm just glad to know that it is okay. Like if these Olympic gold medalists are doing it, then (laughs) it should be perfectly acceptable for me, right?
0: Yeah, you should be okay with that. I pee in the pool all the time. Note to everyone, don't swim with me.
1: That adds up. On to the next dopey. It goes to
0: World Cup champion Jessica McDonald. It's the Holy shit, do I even have my shin guards dopey award. As Jess tells us about the moment she gets the nod to play in her first ever World Cup match.
4: We are in our third game against Chile, and this is group stage, and you know, my laces are like untied. Because here I like. I'm this new player. I'm behind Tobin Heath, Carly Lloyd, Kristen Press, (laughs) Alex Morgan, Mm -hmm. you know, all these incredible players, Mallory Pugh. And, you know, I'm I'm thinking like, okay, if my team ever needs me, I'm here, you know, (laughs) but like, I'm always just going to be that person that's just always going to support everybody, just kind of pump them up. That was what I accepted to be my role to be. And so... You know, don't even know where my shin guards are. And then here's like, <laughs> I didn't know that. Here's, yeah, like here's Don Scott. She's like, this is the 42nd minute in the first half. She's like, you're going in at half. Who? <laughs> no, I'm looking around like, who? Who's going in at half? You know? And then she's like, you are. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, where are my shin guards? And I'm like, oh my god, like, butterflies. Do I have my cleats me, on? Like, literally, i my cleats on. You know? I'm like, oh my gosh, do, do I have the right uniform? Like hello, Every, tap, tap. Like what is going on right now? Immediately just got nervous, you know? And it was, it was like a good nervous. And I was like, okay, I've been waiting for this moment. This is the world cup. You know, I need to just take advantage of this. But, um, you know, my teammates noticed that I was very nervous cause you know, I was kind of quiet, not making eye contact with anyone, you know, just kind of taking deep breaths, just kind of trying to meditate a little <laughs> bit at halftime. And, you know, Sam U.S. came up to me and she's like, you got this you're Aww. here for a reason like she just gave me this like really cool pep speech and then of course she walking did. down the tunnel then here's tobin Heath. Aww. she comes up gives me a hug right before i run onto Aww. the field i was just like okay I, th- i'm good, good let's let's mates. go you know let's go so it was like one of the greatest 45 minutes of my entire life because stadium's full Yeah, they're cheering chanting that, that USA. game was in paris right yeah yeah oh my goodness and that was like one of the coolest moments in my entire career, just hearing, Hey, you're going in at half. And I was like, I've been waiting for this for 31 years just to hear those words <laughs> in the world cup. I'm ready. Let's go. You know? So found my shin guards eventually, but <laughs> I was good to go.
0: uh love Jess so much. That's another remarkable story and another great podcast. If you haven't listened to the one on Jessica McDonald and Lynn, as you know, Jess returned to the show last season, along with teammate crystal Dunn in the wake of, the protests against social injustice and police brutality and we thank them for talking so openly and honestly about what was happening at that time and their experiences as black women, which I know was a conversation that was long overdue. Yeah,
1: we were really grateful to have it with Jess and Crystal.
0: And we had two of my former teammates, Daniel Slayton and Saskia Weber, on for a discussion about race. And the clip you're about to hear comes from that episode. Actually, when I re-listened to this, I got emotional all over again, Lynn. It was crazy. It's such, it's such a good clip. This is a very special dopey for Daniel Slayton who gets the Meet Me at the Edge Award. You put out a post the other day that you said in, in your words, you it just came pouring out of your heart one night after reflecting. and. Um, Do you mind just reading maybe a bit of that, maybe that second paragraph, because I wanted to ask you about that with the edge Yeah, uh, Lynn and I were both discussing. Um, Said, for me in this instance,
3: listening means departing from your center of the world and meeting me out on the edge where I've lived my whole life. When we sit and when we meet there in conversation, fight the urge to bring me back to your center. Sit with me, even while I express my anger and even if it makes you uncomfortable. Sit with me while we explore change and progress together. Sit with me and be a witness to my life and my reality. And for once, maybe for always, see me. And please, if you really believe that it's time for change, stay with me after the immediate outrage fades, when the time for listening is over, and when the hard work of making change in our policies and in our minds begins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really know. I think sometimes, um, for me, I write to gain clarity when I'm confused or hurting. Um, and to me, I, I guess I just, it, this idea of, you know, everything in our country is really centered around quite frankly, being white male, able-bodied straight, um, and Christian. Um, and to the extent that you differ from that um is the extent to which you're a little bit farther away from that center um and um our job is to to fit around and to mold and to assimilate into that Mm -hmm. center and i've always had to do that and quite frankly that's part of what's made me successful um but I guess maybe I've sacrificed a little bit of myself or sacrificed showing the world a little bit of myself, um, because of that. And so I just, I want people to try to understand that, like, I, I could be Breonna Taylor. I very, very well could be, don't think just because I'm on television or I played for the national team, that that is not me. Or, you know, when you see George Floyd, like, put Josie Altidore's face, you know, a a famous soccer player or a famous, like put put your neighbor's face, like put a real person's face, a black face on that body, because that is very much who that person could be. And don't Mm -hmm. think that just because I'm a middle-class kid and doing well, that that isn't me, that that doesn't affect me. Um, So come see that. Yeah. And so that's to me, like my invitation of Come sit with me here. I don't know how to solve all these problems. I don't have all the answers. Um, I don't think there is any one answer because if there was, we would have figured it out by now. Um, but come sit with me and let's figure this out. And I think I say that because that's the only way that I can be hopeful. Um, I think you know, there's times when if I'm if I'm not careful, I do go to a place where it's like, this is too little, too late. This is never going to change. We're going to go through these protests and in a month's time, when the world opens up and everybody has jobs and sports are back on television, we're going to forget all about this. And then I'm going to be even angrier than I was before. Mm -hmm. And I can't let myself go there one, because it's not healthy for me. And two, I don't want to see the world that way. Um, And so I think um, that's what I mean um, by coming to my center and, and that's what gives me some hope.
0: I so appreciate Didi, as I call her, Danielle, for sharing her insights and her wisdom. And next up, we actually have a double dopey Lynn. And it goes to Megan Rapino. What's a double Dopey? She gets two Dopies. <laughs> she is Megan Effing Pino after all, sister. And I've always admired this in Pino. We are calling this first Dopey the Unwavering Swagger Award. Part of this shift too, and there are many reasons, I think, for it. But the one I think that has helped in particular as it applies to white people is that there's now a collective movement, right? And it's easier, as we know, to stand up and speak up when their strength in numbers, but you've always done that before the collective has, and have been unapologetic about it. What do you attribute that courage to, in being ahead of the curve?
2: Hmm. Um, I mean, I'm ahead of the curve for white people. I, I guess I'm not necessarily right. ahead I meant, of the curve for white allies. Period. right. Um, I mean, I'm sure part of it's just, you know, my personality. I don't know. Um, I also feel like it is my responsibility. I, I really mm-hmm. do feel like that. I mean, I think growing up on the women's national team and having, as you well know, and there's, you know, threads through me that that went through you and and the players before you, we know what, at least in some part, what discrimination feels like. We know that, you know, just because we are women, we were treated differently, paid differently, resourced differently, looked at differently, marketed differently, um, and less. And so, you know, sort of growing up in that environment of going through CBA negotiations, and then, you know, being gay, and understanding, you know, at times I've looked at the flag, and not had all my rights protected by that flag and had to come out and, and knowing that I've asked people to stand by me and to fight for my rights, maybe it doesn't affect them, but I've asked that of them. And so, you know, when Colin out in 2016, it just seemed like if, I just have a personal belief that like everybody has a responsibility to make the world a better place in whatever way they can be most effective. I just happen to have a big platform. I happen to be playing on the women's national team. I happen to be an athlete in a country that glorifies athletes and asks them to be role models and to um, stand up for what's right and to do the right thing. And so, for me personally, I th- I thought honestly more athletes and more people and uh, you know the country would have and that that was very naive of me I guess but I thought it was so clear it seemed so clear to me, we, we, you know, we would just went through that summer in 2016. I think it was like five very high profile murders of, of black men at the hands of the police, you know, five police officers in Dallas were shot, police officers in Louisiana were shot. Um, And so I I was just like, well, very clearly, this is happening very clearly. I can look back at the history of this country, what we were founded on and, and, and think, yes, this is very understandable how we are here. So what can we do to break that down? Um, I don't know. I mean, what you know what what goes on in me that thinks jump into the fire? I don't know. But I feel like the- I also I also know that like if you want something done, you should do it or you should help or you should yeah. try. And so no, I feel amazing. like I have a lot of that confidence and experience growing up and maturing just as a human being and as a woman on the on the women's national team that has given me that sort of streak you're gonna get shit done you know i'm gonna i'm gonna try at least i'm like what do we have to lose i'm like i'm already in the you know discriminated group or whatever so i'm like whatever what do i have to lose like if you it's kind of like if you
0: see something say something yeah i guess the, the unflappability though of your approach and the authenticity of your approach, which has always impressed me. Have you always been like that? Like as a little whippersnapper, kind of floating through life in terms of just like, everything seems to roll off your back. Yeah, no problem. I got this. Um,
2: I mean, I think there is an element to that. I have you know, unwavering confidence, honestly, whether it's warranted or not, I just, I don't know why I have it, but I do. I'm, I'm nearly impossible to embarrass. Um, where
1: does that come from? Cause I actually need some of that in my life. I don't
2: know. I mean, who, who knows? It's, I don't, I don't know if it's earned or whatever. I just, why I have it. Um, uh, I'm not sure. Sometimes it suits me well. And then sometimes I'm like, okay, you need to take a step back. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think, I think I grew into this, I mean, I think that at the essence that the streak is there, but I think I did grow into it, you know, having my experience informed by the women's national team, by CVA negotiations, by coming out. And then in that process, you know, educating myself and reading a lot and listening to people and, Mm -hmm. you know, having thought partners and people who challenge me and, you know, I'm, I'm very close to my family. And so I have this sense of, um, you know, uh, this like very true mirror for me and they'll always tell me whether I want them to or not, whether it's (laughs) invited or not, it's usually not invited. They will always tell me exactly what they think, what they feel. So I feel that once I get into the position where I'm, you know, speaking to a big audience, like I'm not worried about what they think because I feel like I already know what I think and what the people who I love think. And also Mm -hmm. speaking for people who don't have a voice we're all in this world together, and like clearly, some wild stuff is going on. So, <laughs> I just find it more—I would find it more untenable for me not to say something for myself than to say something.
0: And for her double dopey, we of course had to play this bite, which we are calling the Petty Betty clapback dopey. Full disclosure, Lynn, it could be my favorite dopey of all dopies in the dopey universe. <laughs> At the um, I, and I rewind to the moment that all of all of this intersected and you could see this unflappability in full form and full display I, I think of the quarterfinal in France but in the middle of that you're the president of the United States is tweeting at you right to walk the walk you've got all of the noise about the equal pay lawsuit and in that moment you just take over the game
2: you know when the trump tweets or i guess rather when the video surface and the trump tweets followed it didn't it didn't know i don't think anyone had i mean i'm sure aaron heifetz our media officer had like a oh my god sort of feeling (laughs) but none of us did i never had that like like gut sense of like dread i never had that i don't think anyone on the team had that we had this sort of like this is insane this is wild like first of all, I mean, you can't put any more pressure on us than we put on ourselves. And that's already on us and that we've already heaped on ourselves. So then like to have the president now, I guess that's probably the only person that could have put more pressure on, but it did just feel like, like, what are you even doing? You're basically rooting against us and heaping pressure on us on foreign soil when like, all you do is talk about America, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so it, it just felt a special moment. And it felt like, it actually felt freeing for some, mm. for some reason. It didn't feel like more pressure. It felt like the world was with us. It felt like the people were with us. It felt like a movement was with us. The World Cup was, I mean, you guys know it's hard to explain, but there was something so much more than soccer going on during the World Cup. And, of course, being able to clap back in, like, the loudest <laughs> way possible. Yeah, exactly. I'm a petty betty. And I try not I try not to publicly do that because then you get into spats and you know I try not to go back at people on Twitter, but to be able to clap back as loud as I did and as loud as we did as a team, the petty betty and me was
0: bursting with
2: just joy. Absolute joy.
0: On to our final dopey for season three. It goes to Special Olympics athlete and chief inspirational officer Loretta Claiborne. It's the Loretta for President Award.
1: (laughs) She's got my vote. Here, Loretta shares what she would like to see for the world.
0: You once said that I want to see a world without labels, which, when you said that, I was like, yes.
6: Leave the label for the jar that's sitting on the table.
0: (laughs) How do we get there?
6: Keep working.
0: Yeah. and.
6: have it out there that people understand that people shouldn't be judged by a label or by the color of the skin about how smart they are about how rich they are or how poor they are that if we just think about how people can be people her society would be a better place
0: the rudder for president start the (laughs) chant now (laughs) and on that note go vote That does it for our season three dopies. Our listeners, of course, get a permanent dopey and all of our gratitude. So much love for you all in our dope village. Remember to spread the good word about Laughter Permitted. Please tell a friend and then tell another friend and then another (laughs) and then your mom. My mom, actually, Fruity Judy, could be the best promoter of Laughter Permitted out there.
1: Fruity Judy is the best. She even left a comment for us on our Apple Podcast comments page. We would love it if you would do the same. Subscribe. And it's, all of this is important to help our community grow. Julie and I will be working very hard to bring you a strong season four ahead.
0: October 21st, baby. Natalie Portman. Before we go, a shout out, as always, to Kate Diaz for our theme music. And remember, kids, sing it with us. Laughter permitted. The Bachelorette. The Bachelorette. (laughs)
2: Correct!